Welcome to The Balance. I'm Catlin Tucker, and Chris is here with me for another Ask Catlin episode. So welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me again, Catlin. Let's dive right in. You ready for your first question? I am. All right, here we go. (laughs) What advice do you have for teachers starting to use station rotation? The advice I give to most teachers in a blended learning training is get excited, think big, start small. I think as educators, we always want to do our best work all the time for students. But when we're learning something new, right, blended learning has a bunch of different models under the umbrella of blended learning. There's whole group rotation, station rotation, the individual rotation or playlist model. You also have flipped classroom. And you have a bunch of strategies that can be blended as well, whether you're using choice boards that combine online and offline learning or approaching the five E's instructional model where teachers are very intentionally weaving together active engagement, both online and offline. So there's this tendency to want to learn a new model implement it, and also be thinking about some of the more nuanced pieces of high-level blended learning, like giving students agency, differentiation, control over the pace or the path of learning. And trying to do that all at once is really challenging. We need to give ourselves some space and some grace to start slow, to try one model, get used to the structure of how do we design this model? How do we help students acclimate to moving through a lesson in this way. And then we can start to grow, develop, kind of add those more complex aspects of the assignment to make sure that we are giving students meaningful choice. We are differentiating the learning for students who are in different levels. We're really thinking intentionally about where they're going to control the pace and the path of their learning. But not to feel pressure to do it all at once because Shifting from teacher-led whole group instruction, which is what a lot of teachers are still using to blended learning models, it's just a journey that takes time. Well, and that's one of the things I've always loved about what you've talked about being a lead learner and modeling mm-hmm. for students. Because as as a someone who leads a team of designers, you know, that's one of the things I always try to be mindful of is is modeling for them of, you know, maybe I don't always have all the answers and that, you know. Exactly learning something for the first time is sometimes a bumpy experience and that that's something that happens for everyone and not to be discouraged when you're learning something new that it might not go perfectly and that's just part of it and so I I love that. Well and a lot of the teachers I work with have been teaching for a really long time. They're very confident in their skills, their abilities. They are seeing student learning in progress and so when they try something new It's a bit jarring because it doesn't usually go super smooth out of the gate. It's like we have to almost treat ourselves like that first year teacher. And I don't know about the folks listening, but my first year didn't go swimmingly, right? There were a lot of lessons. I left the day and I thought, oh my gosh, that was a total train wreck. But I always learned something and I always went back and thought about my lessons and how could I modify them or tweak them or change them to improve them for students. And and absolutely, I talk about teachers, the best teachers are those who are really aggressively pursuing their own learning. And I have to imagine that the students in their classes feel a lot more comfortable taking risks because they see their teachers doing that. It's not as scary to take a risk and potentially fail because everybody in that room, the teacher included, is learning and experimenting and failing and growing. All right. You ready for the next question? Yep. Okay. How many stations should I have? 
Oh, I get this question all the time from teachers. And honestly, there is no magical, perfect number of stations. So to be clear, a station rotation is exactly what the name suggests. There are a series of stations or learning activities in the classroom and students rotate through them. Classically, a station rotation will have a teacher-led station. P.S. That's where the magic happens. There's at least one online learning station or multiple online learning stations. That's what makes this a blended learning model. And there's an offline learning station or multiple offline learning stations. So for me, it's not about how many stations should a teacher have. I think the question becomes, how long is your class period? So I coach teachers who are on a traditional 45 or 50 minute schedule where they see all of their classes in a day. It's not realistic to move students through a three or four station rotation in a 45 minute or 50 minute class period. Instead, you should think about it as being a maybe two or even three day rotation where Maybe it's a two-day, four-station rotation, and students hit two of the stations on one day, and then they finish up and they hit two more stations the next day. One of the things I always took into consideration because I had such big class sizes was how many students do I want at each station? So if I wanted somewhere between six to eight students in a station, I was going to need to have four or five stations in a particular rotation. So you want to think about the length of your class. You want to think about how many students you want in a station because sometimes too many bodies in a station can create some distractions or make it hard for them to work together if it's a collaborative task. So those are the things you want to consider, not worrying about if there's some magical perfect number of stations because there just isn't. Well, that just leads nicely into our next question. Perfect. How long should each rotation be? Okay, so again, no perfect time is has been established for stations. What I will say, so I have coached kindergarten through 12th grade. I've obviously spent a lot of time in my own classroom. And I would say that I think probably my sweet spot is somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes. So Anything under 20 minutes, I'll tell you, working with teenagers, they take about three to five minutes just to settle, get situated, read the directions. So anything under 15, I don't feel like they actually get very much accomplished. 20 can work, but I'm actually a fan of like 25 or even 30 minute stations if we're really asking them to engage in tasks that take critical thinking. They're going to have to communicate with their classmates, engage in collaboration. And I've had some secondary teachers push back a little bit and say, no, I think I want shorter stations. And so I'll go in and Ultimately, it's their call, it's their classroom, and I'll watch them try to facilitate 12 or 15 minute stations. And it's just chaotic. It doesn't give students enough time to really sink into a task. So my suggestion would be, Think about the learning task you're asking students to do, but probably shooting between the 20 and 30 minute mark is best. So if you're not on a block schedule, as I said before, you're gonna wanna try to figure out, okay, if I want students to have 25 minutes in a station and I wanna run three or four stations, how many days is that going to require? And just remember that this model is incredibly flexible. So you definitely want it to work for you in terms of the timing, the number of days, the station span. So don't feel like you have to do it all in one day. All right, Chris, what's the next question? All right. The last question before our surprise question. (laughs) How do you handle 
off-task behaviors in a station rotation when you're busy at the teacher-led station. Yeah, this creates a lot of anxiety for teachers, and I get it. But we always have students who are going to test boundaries. They're going to have missteps in the classroom. They just have an off day where they're not working particularly well with students. And so first, I think before we launch into using a model like station rotation, which is probably going to be pretty new for a lot of our students, they might have done something like learning centers in elementary, but doing a proper station rotation might not be something they're super familiar with. So I think it's really critical to engage the class in a conversation about expectations and what will make this type of lesson run smoothly. Don't take for granted that they know how to do it, that just because they're a certain age, they'll be able to manage stations. Instead, have a frank conversation with them. What would make a station rotation where I, as your teacher, I'm going to be working with a small group over here and let them know why that's valuable, right? All of you guys have different needs and skills and abilities and interests and language proficiencies. And I want to do my best to meet those needs and to provide the best experience for you possible. And that's easier for me to do as your teacher with a small group. So that's why I'm running this station. And that's why it's important that you not distract me and distract, you know, the kids at that station. So talking about the why behind using a blended learning model like station rotation, engaging the class in a conversation either live or maybe using a digital platform like a Padlet or a Jamboard to really crowdsource expectations for what do they think will keep this classroom feeling safe and productive um, and, you know, really allow them to connect authentically with their peers and with the content because they've been in school a while. They have a lot of prior knowledge. They might have some really interesting insights into what they think this class community should do to keep this classroom safe and productive. Once you've had those conversations, I think another thing that's really critical is creating a clear path of consequences. A lot of the power struggles in a classroom blossom from kind of the opacity between our expectations and the consequences we know we're going to kind of enforce and what students are expecting. But if students know, hey, the first time you distract me at a teacher-led station, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get a verbal warning. And if it happens again in the same lesson, then you're going to be moved to what I used to call a floater desk, which is a desk in the side of the room against the wall. Now the student has to work alone. And hey, if you distract a third time in that same lesson, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk to your parents. We're going to figure out why this is happening. So I think if you really do set the stage with that conversation about clear expectations, engaging the group, tapping into their prior knowledge, you set out a clear path of consequences, you're less likely to encounter the kinds of behaviors that we really fear or worry about. And I would say one more thing to keep in mind as you're transitioning and using a model like station rotation is really thinking about how are we designing these stations to, again, connect learners, to tap into their interests. I think the more the stations really allow students to drive their experience and pursue things of interest, the less likely they are to distract and to create kind of this problematic behavior that makes it hard for us to do our job at the teacher-led station. And when I'm coaching teachers, I always remind them, 
no matter what you do at your teacher-led station, it's a good idea to take a lap or two, right? So if you're working with a small group and you're asking them to try something with a partner, then use that opportunity while they're doing that to walk around the room and just be a presence for the other students. Answer a question, redirect someone who's a little off task, and then come back to your teacher-led station. So you're not so consumed at that station that you're really not aware of what else is happening in the classroom. All right, Gallen. Now it's time for my favorite part of the episode, (laughs) the secret question. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your most embarrassing moment in grade school? Oh, my gosh. My most embarrassing moment in grade school. Okay, well... In kindergarten, I was a very chatty person, and I definitely landed myself in the principal's office, but like principal for lower elementary. So it wasn't like I was getting a ton of trouble, but it was I think it was just mostly to isolate me so I wouldn't continue this behavior that was problematic. Um, let's not think about what we were just talking about, students who distract from learning. I definitely didn't do that. Okay, I did it all the time. So I was in the principal's office and it was technically supposed to be kind of like rest time at my elementary. And so my rest time happened in there and there was a cot set up in the corner and I was lying down for rest time. I was not actually resting. I was fidgeting all over the place and my sock got caught on something like a metal wire that was coming out of an outlet in the wall and I, you know, lit my sock on fire and the principal realized as I hopped up with a smoking sock, I, they ended up having to call the fire department and it was quite a scene. So I think, I don't know if I'm really like a person who embarrasses easily, but I definitely knew I had created a huge scene in kindergarten because one, I misbehaved, two, I was sent to the principal's office, and three, I managed to light myself on fire while I was there. I love that the third worst part of that was that you lit yourself on fire. <laughs> Very little actual damage was done to my feet, thank goodness. <laughs> Sounds like something from a sitcom. Well, pretty entertaining as a kid. So that's our Ask Catlin episode. I would love for you to send me your questions. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anything you're curious about, education-related, teaching, work-life balance, blended learning, online learning, you send them my way, and I will make sure to answer them in a future episode of an Ask Catlin. <laughs>